This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. New Dell server targets machine learning. Exascale computing project update. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research and distributed in partnership with the HPC Wire and Enterprise AI. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, and I'm joined by a pair of editors this year. I've got Doug Black from Enterprise AI and Tiffany Trader on with me. Thanks to both of you for joining me. And Doug, you were at Dell Technologies World in Las Vegas this week. And the first story we have this week in HPC is a new server from Dell that they introduced this week that's really going after machine learning with a heavy GPU configuration. Yes, that's right, Addison. It uh, supports up to uh, 10 NVIDIA Tesla V100 GPUs. and um, uh, although you can go as low as four or eight uh, accordingly. Um, but uh, their previous or existing uh, machine learning oriented uh, uh, servers peaked, uh, topped out at four uh, GPUs. So it's interesting, the, um, they, they, they are explicitly uh, positioning this around really more uh, organizations that are really more advanced in their AI journeys. Uh, they, this is not for AI rookies. They're, they have other products, as I say, they have lower end, if you will, uh, machine learning servers, uh, two to four uh, GPUs for getting going. Or you can go out to the cloud and uh, use some of the capabilities on Google Cloud or AWS or Azure. But this is uh, definitely for more sophisticated organizations. They've got a, you know, a team of data scientists there, um, and they need some, you know, very much high performance, higher end uh, machine learning capabilities. Yeah, well, AI in general and machine learning specifically, or in this case, the training phase of machine learning has certainly been the topic du jour in high performance computing settings. So not a big surprise to see a server vendor going after it. Although I have to say, I like the tailored architecture here and specifically that they're uh, brave enough to say that this is for the experienced machine learning user. And now it's not the heaviest GPU configuration that we've seen out there. The NVIDIA DGX2 or, or HGX2 reference architecture goes up to 16 GPUs in a two socket system or an eight to one ratio. And that seems to really be going after the hyperscale market here. Dell, I think with this ratio of this is a two socket server. So the, the 10 to two or eight to two, four to two configuration depending on your workload, that does make it, I think, a little easier to adopt for a wider range of end users in this space. And Tiffany, you've, you've you know, compared this a little bit to other servers that you're seeing out there. What do you think in terms of how this plays in this space? To your point, Addison, I, I, I think that the, the, the AI, the training space is still trying to find that sweet spot for what the GPU to CPU ratio is. Uh, currently, it's, a, it's four, four to one um, is, is a, seems to be a good, good choice for people. But increasingly, we, we're seeing that move up. You, know, you mentioned uh, the DGX, and then you have the, uh, the IBM nodes with the, um, with the power processor and the, the four NVLink uh, GPUs. So we have the fastest system that has that six to one ratio and Sierra 
the uh, the Livermore Supercomputer Summit at Oak Ridge and Sierra at Livermore, where Sierra has a four to one ratio. And you know, uh, I think there was some there was a, kind of an open question when these came out. You know, how many what what ratio would be okay, and uh, would would six to one be too 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 high of a ratio, for example? But you know, that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, the Oak Ridge folks are are happy with that, and then so, several of the the Livermore computer scientists I've spoken with think that they they could also use or benefit from a higher ratio. Uh, Another thing I think will be interesting is to see how this solution is differentiated in the, in the market. You know, there are a number of other eight and ten GPU systems on the market, and I'm sure they'll also they have or they'll also be refreshing to Cascade Lake. So we'll have to see how things shape up there in terms of benchmarking in the real world. From our research on machine learning and how it overlaps with high performance computing, I'll say that I I like this range of Dell configurations. I think that's going to blanket most of the demand that they're going to find in this space and that Dell should find some buyers for it. My favorite thing about it is that they're targeting the experienced machine learning user here. And that's specifically because what we find is for new people coming into machine learning, either they don't already have an HPC infrastructure, in which case they're likely to get started with cloud art architectures, or in the case that they do have some HPC infrastructure, they're likely to mix in their machine learning at first with HPC configurations that they already have. And uh, and therefore, I get concerned about appliance-type machine learning uh, architectures that are meant for people to get started. Well, the people who get started aren't necessarily buying distinct architecture specific to machine learning, but for the established machine learning user, I think Dell might find some buyers in areas of high-performance computing that are going after machine learning, like we've seen in finance or certain aspects of the sciences, academia, organizations that are doing research into machine learning. Um, this, this should be a very interesting architecture to watch, don't you think, Doug? Yeah, well, you know, certainly they're going for that overall systems balance uh, on the storage end. By the way, this server is called the DSS 8440, but um, on the server end, it can it supports up to 10 two and a half inch devices uh, with what they're saying 32 terabytes of NVMe storage. So um, they're also claiming that this can uh, work outside of the uh, the core data center, out at the edge. We're not sure exactly what that means, how the how you would do edge training per se, but uh, they are saying it can it can it can, it can uh, operate outside of the core as well. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit just from a positioning standpoint because the whole point of training is that you tend to want to do that on as large a data set as possible, and that implies core, not edge. Now, I guess if you're doing some kind of deep learning with an adaptive machine learning algorithm, then there's an argument for you train it, and then you could have something out at the edge that continually reinvents itself as long as you brought that algorithmic learning uh, back into the core. So again, it'll be interesting to uh, continue to watch these use cases and our listeners can see the uh, full article on the Enterprise AI website. Meanwhile, also this week in HPC, an article on HPC Wire by John Russell, Tiffany, looking at an update from Doug Cothy on progress made by the Exascale Computing Project. Yeah, that's that's right. So Doug Cothy gave a really great uh, talk this week to the ACM and you know, uh, it highlighted again. I think no, no matter how many times the ECP folks and and we, we have done this as well, um, we let let people know that they're they're not focused so much on the hardware procurement that 
uh, but the, the rather the all this the, the software elements that message you know sometimes doesn't doesn't always sink in but I um, I think this talk really really will clear that up uh, as well as the the coverage that our editor John Russell uh, has, has provided uh, on HPC wire it prevents a very clear picture and overview of the progress at the exascale computing project uh, which is pretty much at its uh, at its halfway point right now so uh, recall that the ECP was formed in 2016 under the U.S. Exascale Computing Initiative, the ECI, and that's uh, run by the DOE with the National Nuclear Security Agency as well. And then that's, that program sits under, uh, the umbrella for that program is the National Strategic Computing Initiative, which, uh, of course, you'll recall, and that was uh, launched in 2015. So we don't hear that acronym as much. Um, so kind of typical uh, when an effort is launched by a previous administration, but that is also still in effect and ongoing. So um, as Doug and, and then John um, explained, the, the ECI procures the exascale systems, while ECP's role is to ensure that there's an exascale-ready software ecosystem to get the most from the exascale hardware when it arrives, and, and that's what this talk covered. Yeah, you're right. The talk was all, was very clear about uh, the role of software in the Exascale Computing Project, that that was really the Scalable Software Initiative was what Doug uh, Cothey was talking about there. And John does an excellent job covering that in his article. It was also a comprehensive talk, uh, went through quite a lot of material. And uh, Doug, you were talking about the fact that, uh, you know, one good thing that we've gotten out of the Exascale program is a real notion of what they mean by Exascale. Well, they, 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 uh, their favorite phrase or the phrase they, they really emphasize is capable exascale so that it's not just a, it's not just the hardware. It's not just the system itself. It's all that goes with it required to really deliver uh, a practical solution. And, um, I think we're seeing that more and more with it in the example of Dell and Dell Technologies world, Dell Technologies itself is a whole series of uh, technologies, a lot of them acquired by Dell, that uh, and the, and the, the, the strategy we're seeing from Dell, from NVIDIA, from IBM, is uh, as, as AI progresses uh, and we move toward IoT and compute everywhere is, and, and then with Exascale, it's to deliver all of the capabilities and technologies to enable all of these things to come together because the integration part is so difficult. So um, far reaching and more powerful technologies, it's so many components that go into it. And these various organizations are trying to deliver the entire platform. For my part, I love this focus on software. It's been my favorite part of the US Exascale initiative. And ever since we've been covering the march toward exascale software has been the thing that I've asked about the most often and, and wanted to cover the most often because I think it's the hardest piece. If you get up to that level of scale, how do you have an operating environment that manages without jitter and can fail gracefully and manage things like 
uh, parallelism and race conditions at that level of scale. I think the operating environment is is in some ways the uh, the most it's it's the mortar that's going to hold the whole structure together and not just a a series of blocks. And and to me, it's the most important mixture. If I have a frustration with it, it's in how it relates to the hardware because uh, to me, this Argon uh, 2021 system, the A21 system, still isn't well defined from a processing element standpoint. So, yeah, we're talking about operating environments and programming models, and that's great, but I feel like we're not really certain yet what's the processing environment that we're uh, programming for. We don't, I mean, we know it's an Intel-based system, but we don't really know much yet about this Intel XE processor or the 1API initiative. There's not a lot of detail there. So like, yeah, it's great to be building up uh, this operating environment, but do we need to know more about the underlying hardware in order to do that? Right. Well, you know, I'm, as we know, they are working closely with the vendors. Some of those questions probably would be would be best suited for the the vendors themselves. But certainly for the ECP, co-design is is absolutely fundamental and a focus, if not the biggest focus of of the projects in it. And as you pointed out, it really has to be at this level of of complexity. So uh, to that, there are six co-design centers under the the project. Uh, there are motif focused ones that, in Kothi's words, have uh, proven their worth with regard to developing not just best practices and lessons learned, but libraries and components that are viewed uh, as as next generation, as the next generation med middleware that many of the applications will use. Uh, one of those one of those uh, co-design centers is focused on approaches to workflow management. And that's the co-design center for um, online data analysis and reduction, CODAR. And, and the four are um, focused on the, those motifs that I, I, I just mentioned. And then the other one is focused on machine learning. Not, not surprisingly, we know that more and more machine uh, learning tools are, are being brought into the, the scientific workflows on the traditional HPC workflows. So um, Kothi said to this, to this center, they're not, they're not interested in recreating what's already out there, you know, frameworks like, like TensorFlow that are already in the market, but rather they're working on things like surrogate models for uncertainty quantification and error estimation, uh, control systems and inverse problems. And, and Kothi said a good use case for, for machine learning at the labs is, is with their uh, fund, uh, experimental facilities. So, you know, the light source instruments, for example, I think they have five or six of those. So the, the overall emphasis is, and he, uh, he emphasized that uh, this, this is on delivering um, high quality production software. One interesting final note on this is in terms of having uh, an, an efficient system for running a wide range of softwares, they do have a great deal of industry involvement from U.S. industrial users of high-performance computing mm -hmm. through some of the DOE leadership partnership programs, and, and they are getting some of that uh, insight into this Exascale Computing Project software initiative, right? <laughs> So yeah, Kothi, Kothi did mention that the ECP Industry Council, there's um, this advisory board, this council, it's led by General Electric, and uh, they they weigh in on functional requirements and act in an advisory capacity, but have no formal review authority. I'm not quite sure exactly what their role is there, but they are involved, and in, uh, it's important for industry to be involved. As we know, there are programs uh, such as the one at Livermore, where industry is able to access our, our leadership computers. So the fact that they are involved with this um, in preparation for those next systems absolutely makes sense. 
The Exascale Computing Project marches on. You can read more about the news there on HPC Wire and its partner publications. Tiffany and Doug, thanks for joining me on the podcast today, and thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.